because when I look at my life as a whole, there were so many different clues that I had to go on by myself. And that makes it much more complicated when as a child, as a young man, you're trying to figure this stuff out for yourself. And I'm not talking about life. I'm talking about school because growing up you're in school for majority of your life day in and day out you get two days on the weekend to be yourself and then you go back through it for five days if you add sports in there majority of your life is school so if you take a majority of somebody's life and you don't tell them different cursors or cues that helps them understand why they behave a certain way or why they learn a certain way the kid begins building resentment grade two Grade three, grade four, I already knew I had a problem in grade two. I was crying at the chalkboard trying to answer problems while kids were laughing at me. And to feel those things sucked because while I'm, while I'm sitting here looking slow in class because I'm trying to do this your way, we go outside and I'm the most talkative. Kids are all around me. Everybody wants to be my friend. I got friend groups. I'm leading activities. I'm making friends with other friends, like I'm putting people together, doing all of this, and I'm I know how to move around society. And then I go back in the classroom, and I feel like they literally put the chains on me. And then you get to middle school, and you get to high school, and then the teachers are just mad because they don't know your past. Nobody's told you you may have ADD, ADHD, an attention problem, a behavior problem, whatever it is. Nobody's really broken it down to you in some cases. So then you get to high school and you feel like, damn, I'm slow. So I want to pause here for a moment for those who may be unfamiliar with ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and just give a little background knowledge. So often people think it's just having a hard time concentrating or sitting still, but it's much more complex than that. ADHD can also play a role in being able to control one's emotions, eating and spending habits, anxiety levels, and short-term memory and processing are just to name a few. It's commonly divided into three types, an attentive type, hyperactive, impulsive type, and the combination type. The Center for Disease and Control and Prevention estimates that 10% of the American population may have ADD or ADHD, but other statistics put the number a little closer to 5-8% to globally. Often, labels like anxiety are given to people instead of ADHD because they are frequently paired together. ADHD has many positive traits associated with it, like increased creativity and energy. Many people with ADHD have certain areas that they excel in and are able to attend to those specific tasks for long periods of time. Everyone will experience some symptoms of ADHD from time to time, but those with the diagnosis experience the symptoms in excess to a point where it alters their day-to-day life. It plays no role in IQ or intelligence and is normally a label that is not given out until a child is around 7 or 8 years old. But many people, like Michael, however, for one reason or another, do not get a label of ADHD until adulthood, and that's not normally because symptoms weren't present. While Michael's teachers had suggested when he was little that he should be tested, he never ended up getting those tests and is now here to talk about the impact that discovering the label of ADHD has had on his life. I know who I am and the man I've become through all of my fuck-ups and trials. 
When I was young, so much ain't got, could still give you a smile. I'm balling my fist, I'm battling this and that and this and now. I struggle with this, I struggle with that, and I don't know how to get out. Anxiety builds in that feeling of hope is the shit that got means about it. And now I can't trust cause the love that I had is the shit that got eaten out of me. Damn, this work is hard. Dang, these teachers don't get it. They don't understand me. Nobody understands me. I'm trying, but they think I'm stupid. Now my friends are laughing at me, but oh, I'm also popular. How do I manage looking dumb in school and worrying about tests and worrying if I can play ball because I can't afford college without grades? So I have to play ball. But if my grades ain't even making it in school, you see what I'm saying? It's a trap. It's a trap, 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 trap. Everywhere you go. If your grades ain't here, you can't do this. If your grades aren't here, colleges won't look at this. If people aren't helping you understand what's going on with you, you're lost. So you're just in school and now you build up this thing. And that's why you hear people say, I hate school. When it's not, you don't hate school. You hate the way you have to learn school. And that's the facts about it. If somebody would have pulled me off to the side and was like, Michael, you can learn. Let's try it this way. Then I would have said, oh, maybe tests aren't hard. Maybe math is cool. Maybe these things are cool. And it's not just sports to suffice for the reason why I'm going to school. And the sad thing is you can graduate while having full-blown ADD or ADHD and still not know it. And then when you get into your adulthood and your adult life, these things continue to happen. So now you just have a vendetta towards your whole life. I can't do anything right. I always fail tests. I'm always trying my hardest, but people don't think I'm doing that. People think I half-ass all the time. I'm selfish. Oh, I just don't want to do it. I have a problem with authority. Well, if somebody would have broke these things down to me as a child and told me, hey, Michael, you have this thing called ADHD, where it's going to be tough for you to learn these types of ways. It's going to be tough for you to sit here and understand what's going on. It'll be tough for you to manage your emotions when you feel like you don't want to do something. Then when these things are happening in my mind, I can go ahead and tell myself, OK, this is a moment. I'm having a reaction. But if you can't learn those things growing up, they get out of hand. That's why some people go into drugs and go into all of that stuff because they don't have help. And if you don't have a clue, you can't get help. So for me, figuring out that I have ADHD is like a complete shock to my system because I built up an ego so tough and a wall so tough towards learning, towards proving myself, towards making people accept me, towards trying to be understood that it throws off so many other portions of me. I'm angry when I don't want to be angry because I feel misunderstood. I'm sad when I don't want to be sad because I feel like I could be doing more and I can't achieve these things and I don't know why. So when people reach out a hand and want to help me, I'm neglecting that. I'm not going to take your help because then even with you helping me, if I don't succeed, now you're going to look at me like I'm actually stupid. So that makes it worse. Well, that's changed now that I think you have a label for everything that you've experienced. Now I'm open to actually learning about what this is. I want to know what has been going on. I want to relearn the things I could have had a chance to learn. Because now I'm actually open to learning these things. For 17, 18 years of my life, I thought that it's a wrap. You just can't study. Like, I'm not a good studier. I, I'm not a great reader. I'm not all of these things. So I forced all of my attention into music and entertainment, the things that come natural, easy, 
non-effort, and that's avoidance. These things have literally brought me up through a life of avoidance because I began avoiding things that felt terrible because I had no understanding of what was going on. So they don't tell you things from school and your social life as a kid can trickle to your whole life as an adult. So in a way, having a label actually changed you from having a fixed mindset to having a growth mindset. When you have the label, you're thinking, oh, this is something that people work with, that there's strategies for, that there's things that I can do to get better because lots of people deal with this. While before, you didn't have Mm -hmm. that label and you didn't feel like you just thought there was something wrong with you or not working with you. And that's really interesting because a lot of times when I was in an early childhood and we'd have to make decisions of whether we were going to get students on IEPs and give them a label or not, we have a lot of concern with labeling a child because we think that that can create a fixed mindset and that they won't think they can. But in reality, we kind of take all of these negative associations and we have fear for the child opposed to giving them the tools to work and be able to do it because ADHD for you allows you to be a really creative lyricist. It helps you in a lot of ways, but you also feel the effects have, especially with age, have spiraled and just gotten worse and worse every year. And here's, this is, I believe it's this, and I just was able to land on this, discovering that I have ADHD. Is the fact that when you're in grade school, middle school, high school, there are labels. But who's creating the labels? The kids in the schools. If you don't have a label already in that position for yourself that you can claim and tell people, no, this is what's going on with me, they will gladly fill that slot for you. Which is why you begin to hear labels as fat, stupid, slow, retarded, dumb. All of those mean descriptors is because the kids also don't understand what's wrong with you. So if you have a school full of people who don't understand what's going on with you, and you don't understand what's going on with you, that label will gladly follow you, whatever is presented to you, because no one knows. And that is the true definition of ignorance. The kids aren't trying to be mean. It's just that the kid with the problem hasn't had sufficient help to understand what's going on. So when these kids come and they try and be bullies and they say things like, you're dumb, that kid could proudly stand up and for once say, no, I'm not dumb. I have this. I can't learn like you. So you're smart and I'm smart. I can do all of these things. It's a talking point. And the more that people understand these labels and get to know them and make them a part of themselves, the more that they, the the more they'll be able to cope with it, understand it and grow with it or grow from it or grow into it. Because ADHD isn't a, it's, it's not a, uh, I can honestly say ADHD hasn't put my life in severe detriment. What it's done is divided it. to two halves, which is what saddened me. And now that I understand ADHD and I'm beginning to understand ADHD, my life can combine itself back together. Because I, as a child, began separating my life between learning and activity. Fun, what I want to do, what I'm good at versus what's hard. 
what I don't want to do and what takes time. And when those two lives can't merge, that's an imbalance and that'll follow you for the rest of your life. I believe if I knew what ADHD was, it would be a different ball game because I would have I would have attacked so many more things with courage, understanding what is actually happening. And I would have had the tools and the knowledge to then go out and conquer these problems instead of shying away from them and never understanding them until my twenties. Yeah, and just linking this back to my background in education, so often the common discourse is that if we had really great teachers or a school system that works and good teaching in our schools, then kids won't need labels. But in essence, for you, having a great teacher when you were in elementary school really set you back. She gave you the accommodations and adjusted her class so that you could learn easier. And in turn, that made a lot of people think, oh, he doesn't need help. He'll grow out of it. It gave you and the people around you a blind spot and nobody told you what you needed in order to succeed. And then you moved to older grades, and because you didn't have a label, you stopped getting the accommodations that helped you succeed in the first place. And someone who is in high school needs developmentally appropriate techniques. You couldn't just ask for the same accommodations that you got in second grade. Those wouldn't be appropriate for a 12, 14, 18-year-old. So sometimes by having just one or two great teachers who give you those accommodations, if you don't have a label, there's no way to ensure that it continues in your education. Because you didn't have a label, you ended up not getting the things you needed at home or in the classroom. Yes. Being an athlete also took me to different schools. Without that label, no teacher that I ever met for the first time understands my hyperness. No teacher, principal, or other student that I don't know would understand my problem with paying attention for a long period of time or my frustrations with trying to do daily quizzes and things like that. Whereas I believe if I was labeled as a child and I did go through those programs and receive the help I need, those teachers would have had an upper hand because they don't come into a blind side. They see my name and they see that abbreviation beside the name and then they understand where to take it from there. They can also pull me aside and ask me what I do and don't like. A teacher has all of the tools they need to get the things done. I don't believe that Certain aspects of the schools or the government allow it to be easy access for a teacher to get those things done. There's a lot of obstacles a teacher has to face to make sure a child is actually taken care of. And I believe that's also a big problem because a child may have a label, but because other pieces aren't moving or because the finances aren't where they need to be, certain things also are a challenge for kids to get the proper care they need. By no means does having ADHD or ADD mean you're actually slow. It means that there's a lot of things going on in your brain and you have to learn techniques to focus in. You have to learn techniques to be able to assist yourself in learning. Not to learn, but to assist yourself in retaining the things you've learned. And that's the problem. There's a stigmatism of ADHD an ADD that follows through schools that will tell somebody they're slow or they're not as smart as another student. 
So I do believe that having that label and growing up with it and understanding it and having the teachers also understand the students that are coming into their class gives them an upper hand and being able to assess and help these kids that need help. Even young adults, 15, 16, as now I'm seeing ADHD and ADD does not actually go away. I am going to switch gears and connect this with meditation because you've been a meditator for about three years now and so many people think, I can't meditate because my mind is so busy or I just can't sit still or my mind wanders too much and these are all things that are often associated with ADHD. I would love for you to talk about your experience meditating with ADHD and how getting a label of ADHD has influenced your practice. I can say the funny thing about this is learning about the label of ADHD has given me a broader understanding of what is happening to me during my meditations. When I began meditating about three years ago, I would have extremely vivid visions and I would have extremely clear thoughts as if words were on a teleprompter going across the screen. And I've always wondered that because in meditation, it's almost as if you're there, but not there. And I believe linking the two has actually given my meditation an advance. And I know you're not supposed to look for anything and, you know, label anything in meditation. But for me, when I close my eyes and I, and I settle into my practice, I feel like that's when I'm one of my most freest in life. And I believe when it comes to ADHD, it allows my brain to actually do the things that it is wired up already to do. And it's fun for me at times. And that's because we use an effortless technique where we're not trying to control our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so then it allows you to be able for the first time to not try to oh, be yeah. controlling your brain mm -hmm. opposed to what throughout your day you're constantly trying to bring yourself back on task mm -hmm. being able to limit your brain in certain ways to yeah. strategically but in meditation you get to let go mm -hmm. and it is extremely um, relaxing to do so through three years meditation is one thing that truly allows me to relax it's not easily explained but you know, I'm used to my brain running a thousand miles every day, morning to sundown. And when I meditate, everything relaxes. I'm calm and I'm at peace and my brain is free to run as wild as it wants to run. And as soon as the meditation is over, I have a sense of calm for about 30 minutes. And nothing else truly does that like meditation. So when it comes to ADHD, I think there is a, a link to those two in a proper practice that may have potential to help a lot of people across the board that deal with the same mental illnesses or issues, because I do not believe it's an illness. And that is so similar to my experience with PMDD, and even more so when I labeled it as depression or anxiety. The experiences I had while meditating is what allowed me to fully accept those labels. It made me okay with that part of myself. Meditation did that in two different parts, and that really helped me create balance with labels. The first part is acceptance. 
Every day I was practicing accepting my thoughts, my emotions, how successful I was, and the labels that came along with it. I had to sit with the label and learn to be with them. The second way it helped is because simultaneously, as I was practicing acceptance, I was also transcending. I was going to more subtle layers of myself. I was dying inwards and going beyond the labels of depression or anxiety. I was realizing a label that was so much greater than any diagnosis. I was realizing that I am a soul. I am a spirit. I am a human being. These labels far outweigh any diagnosis. And this gave me balance. I accepted my label of PMDD or depression because I recognized it and it helped me manage my life better. I also accepted that this is not all I am. I could use the label as a tool while recognizing it as something greater. Meditation really changed my relationship with labels. And I know that me and you talked about this more, but I wanted everyone else to hear it. Um, For me, not having a label of depression is when I wanted to actually act on my suicidal thoughts. I thought things like, I am crazy. Nobody should have these thoughts. Nobody should feel this way. And because of this, I thought they must be true. I won't recover from this, so I should take my life. And when I got the call that stopped me from jumping in front of a train and I finally went to see a counselor and they gave me a diagnosis and a label of depression, that is when I finally was like, oh, this is a real thing. Other people go through it too. And there are tools and resources out there that can help me. And that's what ultimately led me to meditation knowledge became power for me and without the label I never would have found that right knowledge if you enjoyed this podcast you can continue the discussion on labels through my blog or instagram which are linked in the description I hope this sparked some dialogue and reflection and as always I hope it helped you find a little piece of peace there's new property then duck off like hide and seek I'm done running now I'm done trying to leave I'm done